Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain! Look at me, short. I'm the captain now. Welcome to the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Supercoach Co-Captains. I am one of your hosts, Dano, and with me as always, we have Pado. Welcome, Pado. Thanks, mate. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Very keen to jump into another episode. I'm going to delve into the midfield today. So very keen to, to discuss this one, Dano. A fuckload of PODs in this one and a fuckload of... Yeah, there's just way too many options out there, but we'll start off with... I'm going to call them... Or can you really call them the big three? I guess you can chuck out there. Maybe I don't know. I'm going to say the big three: uh, Oliver, McRae, and Steele. Um, you're probably begging to differ, Pato. You reckon, or would you say that they're the big three? I think the big three this year, Dano, um, is, is Walsh, McRae, and Steele. Mm, um, interesting. We'll start off with Sammy Walsh then, Pato. Yeah, look, Sammy Walsh. I think he'll be the number one ranked player um, in overall Supercoach this year, Dano. That's how big of a year I think he's going to have. There were some tagging concerns last year. That's why some people were very skeptical, but he quashed them very quickly. He can break a tag because the guy just doesn't stop running um, at his age. So I think he's going to move into probably the best midfielder in the competition this year, Dano. Um, This kid's an absolute gun. He's just signed a four-year extension. So Carlton fans will be playing with themselves at the the hearing of the word Walsh. But I think you can't go wrong. And he's only in 32% of teams, Dano. And that shocks me. I think he should be in 60% of teams, even at his price. I just think this is going to be his year. I think he's going to average 125. Yeah, yeah. Um, He's 637,000. I reckon he's going to win the Brownlow this year. No doubt about it. He's locked in my team. So I agree, Pato. The next one, Jack McRae, 699K in 42% of teams. Um, That might have changed by the time of the end of this episode. Um, you can't go wrong with him. He just fucking pumps out 100 plus scores, 110 plus scores. He's a fucking ball magnet. Yeah. Um, I, I cannot afford to not have him in my starting team this year. I'm not going to do it to myself again. Um, he's got a little bit of a tough start against Melbourne in round one, but after that, it gets pretty good. He's got Carlton, Sydney, Richmond, North Melbourne, Adelaide, Essendon up until around seven. So, he has a really good start to the year and the guy just doesn't drop below 110 and he's not a tag risk at all because he plays with Josh Dunkley, he plays with Marcus Bontempelli and it's just not going to happen. So lock him in, don't worry about his price tag, just take the 120s every week and be done with it. Yep, yep. Now the one that I'm not starting, which is the one that everyone says that I must have, is Jack Steele. Um, he's 685k in 45% of teams. Look, I, I'm I'm going with the my big, well, I'll call him big four now, considering that you've said Sam Walsh is in the big three and he'll be number one. I'm going with Walsh, McRae, Oliver. I'm missing out on Steele. I just can't afford to have all four. And I reckon Sam Walsh, like you said, is going to be up there. So Jackie Steele, I I reckon you can't go wrong with him. Um, he's in 45% of teams. But yeah, I, I just... I just can't fit him in at the moment. What are you? What are your thoughts, Pato? I I, yeah, I reckon I mean, that you can you got to have him. It's just a matter of when, like if you start him or if you get him in later. Yeah, I I don't think I'll be starting him at all at this stage. He's not in my team. I think the next two guys that we're going to talk about are better options to start with for reasons that we'll discuss very soon, Dano. But Jack Steele, you can't go wrong if you do start him. I'm not going to tell anyone not to start him because the guy's a gun. And um, when he sort of hit that post buy period last year just absolutely killed it for the end of the year and just killed me not having him in my team. And I think he's going to have a similar year this year. I don't think the Saints are going to make the improvement that maybe Saints fans were hoping that they would make. Um, but I still think Jack Steele will have a really big year and yeah, he'll, he'll do great in Supercoach. Yep. Now the next bike, do you want to take this one away, Pato? Because he's on your radar and I can understand why. Yep. I'd love to. So Zach Merritt, he, is 625,000. So you're going to get a 60,000 discount starting Zach Merritt over Jack Steele. And here's the kicker, Dana. And here's why I think he's a better starting pick than Jack Steele. He's in at the time of recording just 3% of teams, Dana. Yes, 3%. That's fuck. Which is fuck all. And um, I actually, he actually averaged more than Darcy Parrish last year, Dana. And it wasn't by much, it was only by 0.9. But we saw at the towards the second half of last year, Darcy Parrish got tagged a fair bit and didn't cope with it at all. Now, 
before Darcy Parrish exploded at the start of last year, Zach Merritt was the guy that got the tag. But I think Darcy Parrish is a little bit more damaging because he can go inside or outside and he kicks goals. And Zach Merritt doesn't do that. So sure, Zach Merritt will get a tag or two maybe this year, but I think Parrish is the one that's going to get tagged a lot. And Zach Merritt's pretty much going to be free to do whatever he wants in that Essendon midfield. And I mean, I'm struggling to see why you wouldn't want to start him at 3%. He's just, I think he's a great pick and I think he's a better pick than Jack Steele. Well, I'm looking at his numbers. He only had four scores sub 100 last year, um, and they were 91, 64, 93, 71. Then you got scores of like 140 plus, 130 plus. Um, it was a 168 against the Swans in round 20. Like the dude, the dude's a fucking jet. So yeah, I agree. There's another one though that people are overlooking severely, and that is Jared Lyons. Now everyone's like, oh yeah, fucking discard from the Suns and the Crows, or whatever. He, this listen listen to this last year he only had three scores sub 100 last year they were 82 81 and 98 then we've got scores of like 152 141 128 145 138 129 man was just pumping these out and that was with Lockie Neal in the side um he's not gonna cop a tag at all um there's too many guys ahead of him before they'd even consider tagging Lions. Um, he's 640k and in only 2% of teams, and he's a fucking huge POD. I'm not starting him myself because I can't fit him in because I think there's value elsewhere, but it won't surprise me if one of the winning teams at the end of the year has Jared Lyons in it, in the top, like the top 10 teams at the end of the year has Jared Lyons in their team. Yeah, no, I love it, Dano. Um, in a very similar zone to Zach Merritt, and he's 15,000 more than Zach Merritt, but I mean, you can't go wrong. He doesn't drop below 100 really and he'll get you 25 touches at least a week and he'll get you at least five to ten tackles a week he's a tackle machine he's a clearance machine I mean I, I think I'm more keen on his teammate that we're going to talk about next but I won't argue with anyone wanting to start Jared Lyons as a POD and it will really separate yourself from the pack really early when he does really explode off the scene in round one this year yeah and the guy that we're referring to as his teammate is Lockie Neal 543k. He's currently in half to, half of the teams. He's in my team at the moment, Pato. Is he in yours as well? Yeah, absolutely in mine. I think he's primed to get back to his Brownlow best from 2020, and he averaged just 134 that year. Dano, that's also nothing that's too nothing too major. And at 543,000, if he can even just get to 120, I'm more than happy with that pick. And and he's at worst your M7, M8, but I think he'll be a sort of M4, M5 by the end of the year. And it's just at a really good discount price. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. I don't, I'm not going to talk too much on Lucky Neil because everyone's fucking got him at the moment. But someone that a lot of people don't have now, we could, we could say he's a potential question mark or riskier, um, but he's under 500,000. And he was one of my four locks from last year when I said, when 2022 starts and he's fit, I'm starting him. And that is Matt Crouch. Now, bear with me, people are going to fucking laugh at this or whatever. Matt Crouch, he's 482K. He's only in 4% of teams. He's absolute fucking bargain. He's the biggest seagull. He's in the shit-ass team. Everyone's like, oh, but what about Rory Laird? What about fucking Jordan Dawson? Who gives a fuck? It's Matt Crouch. He's just going to seagull the fuck out of things. So like, I could see him going 107 plus quite easily uh, in a really shit team. And yeah, I'm, I'm he's in my M5 at the moment. What about you, Pato? What do, what do you reckon on Matt Crouch? Yeah, I mean, I've got his page up on Footy Wire right now, Dano, and I'm looking at 2016 was the start of his real explosion onto the scene at Adelaide. And that was just his third year in, in the system. But he averaged 93 that year in 20 games. And then 2017, um, brilliant year for Richmond fans, I must add. But 22 games, he averaged 110 as Adelaide finished top of the ladder and made the grand final that year. And then went 101.6, 103.7 and 110.7. So, I mean... Even if you discount him a little bit, if he's going to average you 100 this year, um, if you can get him for 482,000, there's your M10 at the end of the year. And I just, yeah, I think he'll be in about 20% of teams at least after he's played a preseason game because he'll get 40 touches in that game. He'll look good. And um, Rory O'Brien is a, is a pretty underrated ruck as well. So he's going to have pretty good service. So it's hard to, to deny the pick. And that's why I've put him into the locks part and not the question mark. Don't know, because I mean, the only question mark is health, but oh, yeah, he's flying I, I at the moment. Yeah. I don't think you can go wrong with this pick. He was ready to go last year, but they decided just to let him 
um, nurse it and protect his price for this year. So thank you, Adelaide, for deciding to do that for us super coaches. Um, but I don't think you can go wrong. And I think it's an even better pick if you play fantasy or dream team as well, because yeah. his disposal efficiency can be a little bit of an issue, but he's going to get 35 touches every week at least. And yeah, 482,000. What, what more do you need to say, Dano? Yeah, pretty much. That's that's the best stuff right there. Anyway, potential question marks and riskier primos. And people are going to think, why the fuck are we saying this guy being risky? Um, or in the next two or three guys, actually, or four guys. Fucking hell, we got a lot on here. Um, Took Miller to start with. Um, is he actually 677,000? Fucking hell. That's hectic. Uh, and in 14% of teams. But our biggest question mark at the moment is a fit and firing Raul and an improved Noah Anderson. Will those two swipe points off of Took Miller? And I reckon that they might. Yeah, you've also got Charlie Constable Dana, which we will go into a lot more detail later on because he's definitely going to be discussed on this podcast, uh, as well as uh, Jimmy Sitas, your man Dano, um, who's yeah. just been signed by Gold Coast. So there is some midfield competition there. Now, it took Miller finished top five in the Brownlow and had an unbelievable year last year. Yes. But he's going to have a lot more help this year. And while that might hurt Took Miller's scoring potential for the year, it's probably going to help Gold Coast be a little bit more competitive, maybe, hopefully. Um, because they're an absolute dead franchise up there, but I'm digressing. Um, I don't think he's a bad option in terms of scoring, but for 677,000, I don't love it. And he's probably going to live, going to get a little bit more attention this year because of the year he had last year. So I think it's risky. I think he's going to be cheaper at some stage during the year. And that's why I don't think he's a good starting pick. On to the next one. And we're going to start factoring in whether or not these guys can get DPP as well. And that's the bond. Is it 651,000 in 11% of teams? Um, will he play up forward? Well, we kind of, you kind of hope he does because I kind of want him to be in the forward line so we can pick him there because I'm not liking too many of the forward line options at the moment. And with the new rules, after six rounds, they can review. And if they play a certain percentage of the time on the field there, they can give them that status. So the bond, what do you reckon, Pato? Would you hold off or would you start in? I'd, I'd definitely be holding off. Um, the Western Bulldogs obviously playing in the grand final last year. They've had a, a shortened preseason because of that. And I, I think guys can come back a little bit dusty after that. Um, I watched Richmond do it sort of the first four, four weeks of, of every year that after we met, played in the grand final was a slow start, except for obviously round one, which was just a training drill really um, against the Blues. But I look at last year and Bontempelli had a really good year last year scoring wise and obviously on the field and he had a 92 in round one and an 82 in round three. Now in round three, the, the, the Bulldogs won by about 180 points. Uh, it was 120 points against the Kangaroos. And he had just 18 touches and he played more forward. And that was pretty much just some in-game management. That was just uh, the, the Bulldogs saying, we're probably going to win this game pretty comfortably. We're not going to put our Rolls Royce in the midfield because we're just going to sort of nurse him through the game. And he just got 82, which which is fine. But if you're starting a guy at 651,000, you're going to want more than 80s um, to start off the year. And for cheaper, you can get Sam Walsh. For 60K cheap, you can get Zach Merritt, who's going to play midfield every week. You're not worried about his role. So I'm, I'm concerned that they're going to nurse him at the start of the year and throw him a bit forward just to get into the year and then explode for the second half of the year so this is more of an upgrade target for me Dano and I think people should be rooting for that as well because if he does start off the first month of the year up forward playing sort of a 50-50 split he's going to get DPP Dano and he's going to be in everyone's forward line so I don't think we should be starting him I think he's going to be cheaper than what he is right now come round six or seven and that's when we should maybe target him. I don't mind if people do start him because I reckon he will get the forward role but you kind of don't want to you don't want to try and predict, I guess, that that person is going to get that DPP like I'm trying to with one other player. And I don't even know if you've got him on our list at the moment. Oh, yeah, you do have him on our list. Um, we've got a fuckload on our list. So we better rush through this. Um, but yeah, I, I don't mind if people start him. Just be wary that he might rest up forward. Um, but he could pump out a 200. You don't fucking know. Anyway, um, Clayton Oliver is one of my big four. Um, you've got him down as a question mark for some fucking reason, Pato. He's 672K in 37% of teams. Why have you got him down as a potential question mark or riskier primo? I, I have him down as a question mark because I don't think he's going to start off the year as well as he did this year. And that's just because they played in a grand final last year. That's the only reason. 
Um, I think he'll take a little while to get going. And I think um, they've got a, they've got a pretty tough start to the year as well, Dana. And they've got the dogs in round one, obviously. Um, then they've got Gold Coast and Essendon, which is really good, but I think he's going to be nursed a little bit. And then they've got Port Adelaide, GWS, Richmond for three. So I think his first six weeks is a little bit tough. The schedule as a whole is tough. They, they won the premiership last year. So of course it's going to be a bit tougher than what it was last year when they did win that flag. But I just, I think it's going to be a slow start this year and I think he's going to be cheaper than what he is right now. And that's why I've got a question mark over him. I'm, I'm not doubting that he's going to average 120 for the year, but I think he's probably going to be a one, 105-ish average up until about round six, and then he'll explode from there. That's my prediction. Um, I've got him fucking going bananas. So this is we don't have to always agree on this podcast, and sometimes we have differing opinions, but that's why we fucking do it. Anyway, Tommy Mitchell we've got up next, 638K in 16% of teams. How the fuck is he in more teams than Jared Lyons and Zach Merritt combined? What the fuck? Times three. Combined times three. Anyway, um, Hawks are rebuilding. Will he play mid? Yeah, probably. Will he see Gullet? Yeah, probably. I'd rather just see him have an off game and then get him in later. Uh, what are your thoughts, Pato? Yeah, I, I don't even know if he's going to be a top 12 mid this year, Dano. Um, I love Tom Mitchell. I started him last year. He was very good for me. But I, I, I go back to Zach Merritt, who's 13,000 cheaper and much more of a POD and think that's a much better pick. Essendon, as much as I hate to say it, are going to be really good this year. And I think they're going to make finals again. And Hawthorne, let's face it, are not going to play finals this year. Um, that could come back to bite me, but it's pretty unlikely, don't I? And I, I, everything about Zach Merritt and Jared Lyons, for that matter, who's 2,000 more, are much better options. And they're in contending teams. And I, and I do look at that um, when I'm looking at my premiums because they're going to be much less likely to be missing games um, through the old general soreness that maybe Tom Mitchell will. And when they're rebuilding, they're going to be more inclined to throw the younger guys through the midfield, guys like James Warple, um, Lucky Bramble, guys like that. So I think Tom Mitchell is a little bit of a trap. Um, wouldn't surprise me if he goes 120, but I'm okay with him not in my team. And next one, Ollie Wine, 612K, 3% of team, smash or pass, Pato? Pass for me, uh, but it wouldn't surprise me if he does do well. Um Obviously, Brownlow medalist last year. is he, Does that mean he gets targeted a little bit more potentially? But he is a wrecking ball, so maybe that doesn't matter. But I think that midfield group at Port Adelaide, Port Adelaide will look a little bit different this year, and we'll see how that affects Ollie Wines. But, yeah, wait and see for me, but probably a pass. Yeah, I'm going to wait and see too. Callum Mills, you've got in here. I don't even know if he's going to play round one at this rate. Uh, 612K, 2% of teams, breakout year last year. Um, playing. I think he's um, in the leadership group or whatever as well but yeah i i don't even know i'm pretty sure he's injured at the moment i could be wrong um and he's trying to get back into the main training group but i, I from what i heard before we started recording this that he might not even play round one so um i'd hold off and wait to see how he goes Same yeah paddock. definitely a wait to see for me um yeah I, I think he might have another level to go from last year where he averaged 112 but being a pure mid this year i think that changes things a little bit and i think we've just got to wait and see with him Yep. Okay. We're going to Rory Laird next. The biggest fucking POD ever. 632K, 2% of teams. But is he too expensive to start? Everyone usually starts him in defense. He's a sole mid now. He will play midfield. I actually don't mind the Rory Laird thing. He's going to get you solid scores. The only thing is I can't ever really, like he'll have the occasional 160 plus score, but I don't, I can't see him doing that like a fucking Lockie Neal was doing fucking almost every week um, in the past. So it'll be steady, but he won't be like massively huge. Yeah, yeah. it's an interesting one. that we, we get a few of these guys a year where they're just coming off DPP after moving into the midfield. And all of a sudden they go from being in 60% of teams because they're the best player in, in defense as Rory Laird was last year to a massive POD and he's in 2% of teams. So I think if you want to be a little bit crafty, I don't mind the pick. Um, I think there's probably better options at that price, but no one's looking at him. And um, there's another guy that we've spoken about before, Dano, coming up very soon that is coming from the forward line to a pure mid and in about the same amount of teams. And it's just amazing that people all of a sudden forget about them just because they're no longer DPPs. But if they're, if they're scoring 110, 115, they're just as good as other picks. So... Yeah, it could be a nice little point of difference for you there, Rory Laird. But in saying that, they're probably not going to make too much of a jump up the ladder. So again, you look at contending team versus a rebuilding team and 
Yeah, he is very expensive. Yeah, the next one, Darcy Parrish, 621K, 4% of teams. Huge tag concerns. Better off going Zach Merritt, in my opinion, to start with, till Darcy Parrish can prove that he can handle a tag. You agree, Pato? Yep, agree. Um, I think it's a bit of a risk. Um, I wouldn't be going there myself, Parrish. Um, I think Merritt's a better option, as you said. Yeah. Christian Petrarca is an interesting one. So he's 606K, 10% of teams, at risk of going up into the forward line. But man, man's finish to last year was actually pretty fucking solid too. So is he a trap though, Pato? Do you reckon he's a trap? I actually don't mind if people start him as a POD, but I am not. <laughs> Yeah, I think he's an upgrade target for sure. Um, we'll be a wait and see. His first three rounds last year were 98, 92, and 83. And that is not cutting the mustard in midfield when he's 600,000. And he also had a 78 and 87 in round seven and eight. I just, I think it's too much of a trap. Now, his end of the year was magnificent. I think he's a, a look during the year and see what he does um, post-buy. Yep. I think he's a, a buy target. Now, the next one is a favorite on the show because pre-season last year, picked him to fucking absolutely burst out of the blocks and i actually think he slightly exceeded my expectations when i mentioned him but it is the garth okay cam guthrie 616k one percent of teams now he's going to be a risky pod i don't think he'll maintain what we thought last year i reckon he could go to like that um 105 uh average he just he's just everywhere on the ground he won't ever get tagged um the only question marks now are if that Geelong team stays fully fit. Now, we always know that teams don't always stay fully fit, but you got Selwood, Dangerfield. Well, Selwood, I'm not really concerned about, but Dangerfield, you've got your um, um, Duncans, um, even Parfit rolling through. Yeah, it, it could swipe some cheeky points off the guff, but his two-way running's brilliant. So, um, But I wouldn't start him at 616K. There will be a time where he drops down, but will he be in those top 10 mids this year? I don't think so. I think he exceeded... Like we we said he would break out last year and he was in the 500K range. And to start him, he's 616 now. I don't think the value is there anymore. What do you reckon, Pato? See, I, he is very expensive, but this is someone that exploded out of the gates last year, Dano. Yeah, 104, 124, 163, 105 in his first month of the year last year. And the 105 is against the Demons, who, is one of the be- who are one of the better midfields in the competition. So, look, I mean, it's risky. Um, I won't be doing it myself, but if you're thinking about someone that's going to come out and really separate you from the main super coach pack and have you as a, as an early sort of top thousand sort of guy, then this is someone that you would start and be happy with 120 plus scores. And I, th- and I think with that, he averaged 113 last year, I think it was Dano somewhere around yeah. here, 113. So, I mean, it's, it's hard to see him not improving on that. Um, it's hard to see him going below that as well. So it's whether he has another step to go as to whether you think he's a good uh, option, but he signed his long-term extension uh, and he's 29, which is really young in a Geelong team. So, I mean, he's the rookie of the team. So he might be uh, <laughs> might be a really good breakout contender there at 29 years old, the ripe old age. Now, the next bike we're going to talk about, I'm just, I'm just going to throw this out there. He's had one of his worst years since 2014 and he still averaged 104. So these are his, let, let's just go through it. So 2015, 119.9 average. 2016, 131.8. 2017, 136.4. 2018, 121.7. 2019, 115.2. 2020, 113.9 with injury affected in there. 2021, 104.3. That is Patrick Dangerfield. He's lost his DPP. He's not up in the forward line. He is in the midfield, uh, but he's almost 50K cheaper than bloody Guthrie. And... Look, to be honest, like you you look at it, man, man still scored a 184 last year in two two lots of over 160s. He had a 21 in there um, against the Giants injury. I'm pretty sure he got subbed out of that one. He's, he played a lot of the forward line, but it sounds like that they're going to just rush him through the midfield and then just like every every year they rest him in the forward line. Um, man still can't kick straight. <laughs> um, but I... Looking at his opening fixtures, he could actually fucking be the biggest POD. And he's only in, what, 2% of teams, Pato. He, 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 I just, I think people are sleeping on him and he's going to be the huge POD that I think, like, he's the one that I'm weighing up whether I go Matt Crouch or him as um, as my last mid spot, 
basically. And he has the potential to go um, forward line DPP status. He might get it after six rounds. He might not. But I just reckon that if you can score 180 and let's say you score 90 the next week, I still reckon that that's still better than someone scoring two 110s in a row. Get what I mean? What do you reckon, Pato? Yeah, look, I, I can't help but look at his age and he's going to be 32 in April, which is just one month in, uh, one a few weeks into the season. So the age concerns me. Uh, the role also concerns me because he does play a fair bit forward and I think they're going to try and prime him for the end of the year, not the start of the year, which makes him maybe more of a, an end of season sort of throw throw your dice and, and hope for a, a double, double eyes on the dice. So... Yeah, I, I don't know about this one. It's very risky, uh, but it's a huge POD and he's cheap enough to just move move down to a mid-pricer that might explode out of the gates if it doesn't work out early on. But I think Geelong are going to throw everything they can at a flag this year and Patrick Dangerfield playing midfield is going to be a big part of that. But yeah, we'll wait and see. It's, it's He's got great pedigree. We know he's been a super coach champion for, for so many years and yeah, I'm not sure, Dano. There's too many question marks for me. And we have missed someone on this list, so I'm going to chuck him in with his teammate right now. We've missed Nat Fife on the list, Pato, and we've got Andy Brayshaw there. So Brayshaw's 584K in 4% of teams. He fucking looked good last year. But Fifey people are sleeping on as well, and I think the main concern with Fife is that they think he's going to play more forward. Yeah, but he, he could end up in the forward line too in Supercoach. How fucked would that be if you had Bont, Dangerfield, and Fife in your forward line? Fuck. Um, but let's focus on Mr. Brayshaw. Can he maintain his good finish last year, Pato? Yeah, just quickly on that five. Um, he was left out on purpose. I don't like it at all. I think it's got massive trap written all over it. Now, long-time listeners will know just how much of a stiffy I get over Nat Fife. I think he's my favorite AFL uh, player outside of Richmond. Um, he's unbelievable, but he's unbelievable when he's playing midfield. When he's up forward, he's even worse than uh, Patrick Dangerfield in front of goal, Dano. And any forward yep. that might kick zero goals, five, and get 20 touches, but only have 70 super coach, that's a no from me. But largely role dependent. But Andy Brayshaw, I think, is a much better option than that five. Um I think he's going to take another year, uh, sorry, another step this year than last year. I was big on him last year, never ended up going him, but I think this is his year. He's played 76 games now. He's just 22. So I think he's primed and ready to go. Uh, he's in the fifth year. So that's when a lot of those elite midfielders take that massive step and average 115 plus. And I think this is the year that Andy Brayshaw does it. He averaged 107 last year. He played at times on the wing, Dano. Um, don't know why, because Adam Chera was always going to leave Um but he had some monster games last year. He had a 190 against the Tigers, Dano, and I remember it way too clearly. He was unbelievable that day. He had a 135. He had a 126, 132 against the Giants. I mean, I mean, this is someone that gets the pill, tackle machine, clearance machine. He just ticks all the boxes, and I think he could have that Sam Walsh year that he had last year. I think this could be this year's Sam Walsh, who takes that next step to be an echelon below that top group of midfielders. And I would not be surprised if Andy Brayshaw is a top 12 midfielder this year. That's my call. Yeah, nice, nice. I'm going to power through these next two because, yeah, I'm just not about it. Um, Jaya Simkin and Hugh Greenwood are the two that you got. North Melbourne, 529K for Jai, 507K for Hugh Greenwood, both in 1% of teams. Um, we know that they can score. I don't think that they're going to be in the top 10 to 12 mids this year. So that's why I'm completely ignoring them. Pato, do you reckon um, that they can do that or not? Or are you just going to ignore them too? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if either one of them average 105, to be honest. Um, Greenwood has shown ability when playing midfield to score big um, for the Gold Coast a, few, a couple of years ago. Um, but yeah, we'll see how that knee is after some ACL damage. Now, it wasn't torn, but I mean, as soon as you start doing knees, that's, that's not good. Trust me. Um, yep. As someone that has two fucked knees. And <laughs> Jai Simkin, um, I actually really like this. Trent Dumont was uh, delisted by the North Melbourne Kangaroos. And they've also got, oh, I keep forgetting his name, Dano. Help me out here. Cunnington. Cunnington, Cunnington out. So there's room there for that senior midfielder. And Simkin isn't old by any stretch of the imagination, but he's a senior player at North Melbourne. That's the reality of it. And at 529,000, I think he's someone that can play a fair chunk of time in the midfield and surprise a lot of people with his scoring. So I think he's going to be a, a really good draft pickup. And I mean, if you're a North fan and you really like Jai Simkin, I think he's a really good option. I think 
people sleep on him because he plays for North and it's just Jai Simkin. But I think he's going to have a really good year. And don't forget I said that to anyone, everyone. If they played in Tasmania every week, he'd fucking dominate because I'm pretty sure he gets most of his big scores in Tassie. <laughs> um, next bloke, Adam Chera, um, 400, 490K, uh, 2% of teams, played wing, inside, outside it, Frio, new club, breakout contender, fifth year. Uh, but what what the fuck's going to happen? Is it going to be Cripps and Walsh? Is it going to be Chera being the side man? We don't know. Yeah, what, what do you reckon, Pato? I think Cherry's going to have a really good year. He's been in and out of my team. I don't think I can fit him in just because of my structure. I'm going with a couple of different um, guys in that price bracket. Uh, but Adam Chera, I think, is going to have a really good year. And I don't think he'll have a 110 year, but I would not be surprised if he goes about 105, 103, that sort of mark. And be really good value at someone that's starting under 500,000 and he's in just 2% of teams. So obviously one to watch because he is changing teams, but I really like Adam Chera. Elliot Yo, 470k, 2% of teams as well. Can he get back to his best or is he just going to feel freaking injured all the time? Pato? Yeah, this is a really interesting one. It would not be surprised me if he does explode again. So he had two years in a row where he had 107 without Nick Natanui in the team. And I think that's really big for him. Now, the huge question mark obviously is that Achilles, um, who he, which he really struggled with for the best part of two years. So Achilles injuries are not good at all for a footy player and yeah, it's tough, but he's 28 years old. Um, he's he's really good at his best. It's all health-related with Elliot Yo. So, obviously, I'll wait and see. Uh, Luke Shuey will probably miss the start of the year. So, I think Elliot Yo could be a sneaky option if you like a POD and maybe you're an Eagles fan and really like Elliot Yo and, and want to start him. But I, I think he'll be really good. Yep, yep. Um, you put Dion Prestia down in here, so I'll let you quickly talk about him because we've got a time limit at the moment. Uh, 463K, but in no teams at the moment. Yeah, uh, just very quickly changed uh, his training program this year. And from all accounts, he's feeling as good as he ever has in his life. Um, it's a new strength program and it's really helped with his Achilles and hamstring injuries. So he's never averaged over 106 in his life. Um, and that was at the Gold Coast Suns where no one was really watching him. So very, very risky. But 463,000 is very cheap. And I think he could be really good playing next to Dustin Martin this year in the Richmond midfield. Fair, fair. Anyway, let's go to some mid prices. And the first one is the one that we get a stiffy over, the ginger goat. That is Matt Rowell, 342K, 26% of teams. Will, it, sound, it sounds like he's um over his injuries. Fuck, in the training drill, um, didn't Bose get injured because he ran into a fucking Matt Rowell's hip and shoulder or some shit? No, he tried to hip and shoulder Matt Rowell and injured himself. That's right. So sounds like Rowley's back to his strong best. He's a little bit leaner too. Um, so he, I, I reckon he's a great option for M5 or if you're rolling with six mids, go on M6 with him. You can't really go too wrong. Big question marks, just health. Will he get injured again? Man's been fucking stiff. Um, but 342k, fuck. Just looking at that makes me want to pick him myself. What are your thoughts, Pato? Yeah, I can't go wrong with this. He's absolutely locked into my team. Um, I can understand why people are very bullish on him. No, no pun intended, but because he is a an absolute ball in that midfield. But I think I think he's a brilliant option, and I don't think he can go wrong at that price. I think he can be a really good M10 for you by the end of the year if he averages 105, and I think that's what he can do this year. It's just about staying on the park with him. Yep, yep. Jared Berry's another one that everyone wants to pick. He, well, he's in 10% of teams. He's 268K, so he's like a overinflated rookie price at the moment. But you got to really check for his role. Um, I think Cam Rayner is going to take more of the midfield minutes than what Jared Berry is in the inside mid, I should say, not outside. Um, what did he average um, when he did play inside mid, Pato? Uh, 97 in 2020, Dano. And... Um... I actually disagree with you there. I think Cam Rayner is the one that's a trap. Um, I don't think he'll play as much midfield as what Brisbane reckon he will be because of Jared Berry. And I think Jared Berry, when healthy, is a really good footy player. And he averaged just 49 last year playing through some injuries. And he sort of got thrown around a little bit with his role. But I think this year he's primed to go into that midfield and play next to Lockie Neal and Jared Lyons. Um, I think he's going to have a really big year. And I think... It's going to be tough not to select him. He's not in my team currently, but I'm going with someone slightly cheaper in this spot, um, but that could easily change back to Jared Berry. You know, I disagree on the rain, Nicole. I reckon this is his year. Um, I thought last year was going to be his year, then he got injured. Um, anyway, next one is the one that 
we've been told we have to fucking put in this podcast, and that's Caleb Sarong, 451K, 7% of teams. Apparently, his average without Chera was quite high. So the fact that Chera's gone and Sarong's going to be playing without Chera is what's tantalizing about this selection. Pato, what do you reckon? I really like Caleb Sarong. Um, not many midfielders come out and debut um, and average 81 in their debut year and then back it up with an 83 the next year. I think he's probably slight, he's probably 12 months too early for Caleb Sarong. He's he's about to turn 21, actually. Ooh, tomorrow's his birthday. So happy, happy birthday to Caleb Sarong. Um, but he's played just a 36 game, so I just don't think there's enough there to warrant starting him. But I really like it for next year. And he did, he spent a fair bit of time tagging last year. And it was almost when Adam Chera didn't play as to when he didn't tag. And he had a big game against the Kangaroos in round six, uh, 35 touches for 118 super coach. So I don't think he'll tag this year. I think they'll probably throw another kid in there in that tagging role. And I think Caleb Strong will be free to do whatever he wants. I think Andy Brayshaw is the one from Frio to really explode. And I think Caleb Strong's probably 12 months away. Oh, I reckon he can scrape that 100 average. Um... But like we said, we're looking for guys that can potentially explode to like 110. I know it's, well, 107 minimum. I know it's pretty hard to like, um, it, it's pretty hard to state that. But anyway, um, Charlie Constable's the one that freaking Pato is getting a big stiffy over. He's 213,000. So basically a rookie, uh, 13% of teams. He could easily go, what What do you reckon he could easily go, Pato? I reckon he could easily average 95 as long as he's getting that midfield role, Gold Coast. And I don't see why he wouldn't. Um, who else have they got to throw in there, Dano, aside from Matt Rowe? Not many. And Noah mm-hmm. Anderson, obviously. But, yeah, I really like it. I think um, he's really reliable, and that's what's a- attracting me. He's in what – he's been – I think he was at Carlton for uh, – sorry, Geelong for three years, was it? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so I think he's had three years in a pretty good program, and I think he's ready to go, go nuts at – the Gold Coast, he's played just the 12 games, but he's 20, he's almost 23. So I think he's ready to have a really good role. And this year it's really important to pick up these sort of guys, and I'll explain why. COVID is going to fuck with teams. You're going to have games where there might be a little outbreak at the Western Bulldogs, and Jack McRae has been hanging out at a, at a nightclub and, and he's an exposure, and he gets COVID and he misses a week. Are you going to want – who are you going to want to cover him? Are you going to want – fucking Elijah Holland covering him or do you want Charlie Constable covering him? I know who I'd prefer. So I think he's going to be really good to have on your bench as COVID cover, we'll call it, um, just just in case. And I think you're going to need guys like that. So I, I think turning a rookie into Charlie Constable, you might you'll have to throw in obviously another 80 so K, but I think you need to structure your team around that because they've given us extra trades, obviously. And I think that's to cover their asses so they don't have to throw in trades mid-season. So they've said, here's your 35 trades. That's it. Not, not getting any more. So I think you're going to need guys like Constable, guys like Jared Berry, who you know you can rely on when you need them, when guys are missing through COVID and whatnot. Yep, yep, that's fair. Um, he kind of he could end up doing a reverse Menegola. So how Menegola was at Frio, didn't really get a run, went to Geelong and just went bang. I reckon he could be a reverse Menegola in that he's leaving Geelong and goes to Gold Coast and then goes bang. So, yeah, I don't mind it, Pato. I don't mind it at all. Um, we chucked Lukey McDonald in here, 372K in no teams. More so because he played mid last year and he was fucking pass. Um, but if he goes back to the halfback flank, like we think he could, that's when he starts going good. He might gain DPP by round six. Um, but again, it's one of those ones where we don't want people to try and predict, pick someone to predict that they will be DPP by a certain round. Um, and then he goes back to defense because he might not. And then you got egg on your face. So he's more of a watch and see kind of player, isn't he, Pato? Yeah, look, if he plays all preseason at half back and gets 25 touches a game, I think you could almost risk starting him in your midfield at that price and then obviously switch him into defense once he gains that, that mid. Uh, defense swing, swap him over with a sin or or another rookie sort of DPP and and happy as happy as Larry. So yeah, I wouldn't be having him in your team yet before seeing him play any preseason games. But he's someone that would not surprise me if he does score pretty well this year if he has the role. If he has that half back role, yeah, correct. Um, Pato's just muted himself, and I don't know why. 
Um, the next player is Dylan Shield. While Pato fucking readjusts himself, um, he's 361k, 4% of teams. At his best, clearance-based. He was an All-Australian um, at the Giants when he was a clearance-based doing that stuff. Um, but his clean disposal lets him down a bit. Could Dylan Shield finally be one of those players where he finally cracks that 105 or so? Like he, he's got the potential to do it, but he's fucking getting on now. He's just um, turning 29, uh, 29, 30, I think he is. I'm pretty sure he's 29 this year. So um, it's kind of like, let's see what he does in preseason with um, whether he could work with Merritt and Parrish and whatnot. Yeah, I don't love the Shield pick. I think we need to talk about him because it, it's all health related on him, but he's going to get a midfield role. They've tried him in different spots. Dylan Shield's not someone that can play anywhere but in the midfield. No. So they'll find a role for him. Whether it can work with those other guys, let's wait and see. So I think he needs to be talked about, but I don't love it at the price. If it was maybe 100000 cheaper, I could be tempted, but probably just at that too awkward of a price bracket for me. Yeah, Jai Caldwell's another intriguing one. 266K, 11% of teams. Got to watch for his role. Um, he was a highly touted recruit, but if you ever watch Giants games, he's literally Dylan Shield version 2.0 in that he's got the burst of speed, rah, 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 but his disposal by foot is fucking pass. Um, so if he can clean that up and he can crack that midfield, maybe he might get a go. Anyway, we'll move on to Pat Lipinski. I'm just going to try and power through these, Pato. Uh, 359K, 3% of teams for midfielder. Didn't get a real opportunity at the Western Bulldogs. What do you reckon, Pato, on Pat Lipinski? Yeah, did really well at VFL level for the Dogs, but never really got that chance at the Bulldogs. So wait and see what his role is during the NAB series. Um, but if he's playing midfield, it could be worth a shout at 359, but uh, it's an awkward price. Yeah, a, a lot of people are really hyping up Pat Lipinski and have him in their teams. And I just can't, I just reckon there's better value elsewhere. Like you could go for a fucking Matt Real, who you know can pump out a 170. So. Yeah, anyway, high risk, high reward, I guess. But I reckon there's more cons and pros with Pat Lipinski. I reckon you're better off either going for a rookie or going for a primo or Matty Rowell. Anyway, we got Trent Dumont, 349K, no teams. Delisted from North, gone to Port. Uh, will he play in the midfield? Will he play at all? Will he just be stuck in the sand for Pato? I think he'll play. Um, it just depends on where he's going to play. And he's only 26 and he's played 113 games. And... Oh, who was the guy that got delisted from North last year and picked up picked up from someone and did really well? Um, can't think of who it is. Doesn't matter. But Demond is someone that averaged 101 in 2020 and way down to 64 this year. Uh, sorry, last year. So this is all role dependent. But he's a former first round pick. Um, no, he's not. That was the rookie draft. Anyway, don't mind me. He has shown ability to find the footy. And um, if the role's there, I really like it. But yeah, all role dependent. See how many midfield minutes he gets in the preseason. Yeah, we're going to go with Jordan Clark here. 338K, 1% of teams. Fuck, it should be 0% at the moment. But he's in a similar position to Luke McDonald. Um, could play off halfback and gain DPP. But I'd rather wait and see what the fuck he does at Freo first. He could turn into the next... Nathan Wilson and just run all day and not fucking do much. I disagree hardly on that, Dano. I think Jordan Clark is primed to have a really good year. Um, I'm not sure I love it as a starting pick, but if he's a month into the season, he might only go up to about 440, uh, sorry, 400,000 and gains that. Looks like he's going to gain that DPP. Could be a really sneaky downgrade option from a premium that might not be performing very well. And you got a great uh, D5, D4 by the end of the year. Um, he's shown some ability finding the footy at half, half back. Geelong threw him around a little bit, just couldn't find a role for him. But I think Frio are going to chuck him on that half back line next to Luke Ryan. And I think they're going to do really well together. Yeah. Anyway, you can put Jared Brander on here. Um, there's a reason why he's in 0% of teams. Uh, 322K. Yeah, I don't even know if he's going to start the season with the Giants. Um but he won't be a midfielder. He's just been up forward line, if anything. So, yeah. Well, well, this is a guy that's played all over the park for the West Coast Eagles. I'm very surprised they delisted him. But someone that has played wing, has played halfback, half, has played forward. We'll see what his role is. Um, wouldn't surprise me if he does pretty well on a wing, but it all depends on if he can crack the no. team and where he plays. He won't play on the wing. Giants have too many good wingers. He will play up in the forward line where they desperately need someone right now. But... I don't even know if he starts the season. That's the thing. So I would avoid at all costs. 
One that makes me feel weird in my pants. And I mentioned this guy just before we got on the podcast. And I feel dirty even talking about this, Pato. But it's Dan Hanabry. Now, he's 255,000 in 2% of teams. He's... And I'm getting sucked into all of the process and hype too, saying that his body's the best it's ever been, rah, rah, rah. And I'm like, fuck, even if he gets like 80s, he's still going to make dosh. And if he got back to even 70% of the player that he once was, that's still fucking good. Yeah, I, I know. I know I can feel your judgment through this podcast right now. Pato, what do you reckon? Fuck no, Dano. Do not go there. <laughs> This guy has played 27 games in four years. I don't know. Four years. Um, he's probably averaging about 200,000 a game um, at the Saints. So good on him for securing that bag. But look, he's in a contract year. So he's going to be pretty keen to get on the park and maybe get a one-year extension there. But it, this is the Brett Delidio syndrome. This is what I like to call where someone plays, so gets into the AFL at 18, plays game after game after game after game. And by the time they get to 28, they've played 200 games and it's just it's just too much footy on the body and they just really struggle. And I feel for Hanabry, he was a really good player in his prime, but since he yep. went to the St Kilda, he's just half the guy he was. And I feel for St Kilda, it was it was a decent pickup. It was very risky. Um, but I just, I don't, nah, nah. That's all Fair I enough. need to say. Anyway, I feel weird talking about this next guy because back back when in his early days, and it sounds weird because he's still relatively youngish, um, Patrick Cripps, 454K, 7% of teams. Um, he used to be an absolute lock, remember, Pato? And now all of a sudden we're questioning whether or not to include him in our teams. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we need to talk about him. Um, I don't think many people are going to get sucked in again. Somehow he's in 7% of teams, don't know, which seems really high for a guy that has burnt so many people so many times. Um, look, I don't love the idea of starting him. He usually does pretty well in round one against Richmond because we don't tag, but um, then he usually picks up an injury either in preseason or in round one, and he's just fucked for the rest of the year. It wouldn't surprise me if he gets back to 110 plus. Um, he had two years in a row where he went 119 and 117, and everyone thought, fuck, this guy's the next Dane Swan in terms of a fantasy pig. But I'd want to see him play at least six weeks where he's getting 120 plus before I even think about Patrick Cripps. Um They've got some help there in that midfield, Adam Chera and obviously Sam Walsh is Sam Walsh. So he'll play a little bit more of a support role. Um, he's going to focus on getting the contested ball and getting it out to Sam Walsh and we'll see how that goes. But I mean, he averaged 83 last year, Dano, in 20 games. I mean, 20 games is pretty good for, for Patrick Cripps, but fuck, I don't like it. Mm, yeah. Our last guy. One... When you're struggling to make it into the fucking worst team in the competitions, 22, it's concerning. But we're listing him anyway because let's look back at 2018. He averaged 94.6. 2019, 87.7. 2020, uh, in, in 13 games, he got an 88.9 average. Then in 2021, he only played five games with a 50.4. And that is Jared Pollock. And it feels weird talking about him, but his price is 246k is in one percent of teams could easily average what he was previously again depending on whether or not the ruse actually will pick him because offensively like an offensive runner he's all good but defensively he's fucking pass pato what are your thoughts yeah i think he's worth talking about um it's all role dependent like a lot of the guys that we've mentioned but He's averaged 90 on a wing before, and it all depends on whether he gets that role. Um, North Melbourne let a few guys go. They've also brought a few guys in, obviously. So wait and see. Does Is he even best 22? Remains to be seen. But they didn't get rid of him. They tried to get rid of him, but they didn't delist him. So they obviously still have him in mind in terms of um, a role for this year. And he's very cheap. He's 246000 So... He's another one of those guys where, you know, if he's playing every week and he's playing on a wing, you know he's going to get 80, and that's really reliable on the bench, and he's going to make coin. He's not going to make heaps of coin, but he might make you 150000 by the buys and play every week, and maybe that's what you need. Maybe you need that cover, and I think these sort of guys are going to come in really handy if they've got the reliable role um, to cover for injuries and or COVID uh, disruptions. So 
yep. one to think about, keep in mind, but yeah, watch very closely in preseason. Yeah, and we've got a last minute um, submission from you, Pato, which we kind of overlooked, um, which was Dane Zorko at 595k in 1% of teams, but he's touted to have a halfback role this season. So he could improve his average. Even if it drops, he could get DPP. So for me, it'll be one to watch for later on. Let's see if round six comes around and he's listed in defense. Then I think he'd be the first one you'd fucking grab if he's maintaining a really good average. Yeah. Um, I, I can see him doing really well on a, on a halfback flank, Dano. Um, he, won't, he won't have to worry about anything contested. So you don't have to worry about his injury history. Um, even though he's been pretty good in that regard in his career. He turns 33 um, also tomorrow, funnily enough. Um, Happy birthday, Dane Zorko as well. Um, So he's not young, but I mean, he could have a Zeebel year this year, Dano, um, playing as that Seagull role. Um, Virtual left Brisbane, so that role is available and Dane Zorko knows how to find the footy. And it would not surprise me if he does go 110 plus in that Seagull role and we're all going to want him either in our defense or our forward line, uh, sorry, our midfield. And yeah, it could be a great defender come round six, but wait and see what his role is through preseason. Yep. Yep. Anyway, that's all we got time for, for this podcast. Um, we will discuss uh, rookies and that at another date. Um, we've mentioned some of the mid prices that really could be, we could list them as rookie prices, but we listed them in this because they've previously played. So Anyway, Pato, that was fucking good. Um, you've actually rather tame this podcast. Uh, so thanks for that. But I like fucking ruthless Pato a bit more. So yes, well, Maybe. there's a reason for that, Dano, and that's because we're recording in the morning. So I haven't had a couple before <laughs> jumping on. So I promise everyone, uh, when we do our forwards podcast, I'll have a couple of beers or something beforehand and I'll be I'll be ready to rant again, Dano, which is how you and probably others like me. So, um, yeah, get ready for that one. There's a couple of forwards that I don't like personally as well. So, Dano, we might have another rant about him because we're going to have to talk to him about him, unfortunately, because I think he's a lock. But we'll wait and see how that one goes in the next podcast, Dano. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Anyway, from us at the Super Coach Co-Captains, that's all we got time for. I'm Dano. And I'm Pato. And this is us signing... The fuck off. Motherfuckers.